When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back, Bears fans, to the CCO Bears podcast. It is Friday. Happy Friday to everyone here listening in. This is Will DeWitt. Join with me is Nicholas Moriano. Hopefully I'm not blending in my background too much. This is a lot of fun, just kind of blending shirts and backgrounds in the green room before we went live. But regardless, I'm excited to be here to talk some Bears football with you all. We're now two weeks away from Bears training camp in 65 days until that season kicks off. So whether that's Cody Whitehair days away or what I would prefer, Patrick Manley days away until the Chicago Bears season. What's up, Nick? Nothing much, Will. It's uh fastly approaching and i was actually texting an old co-worker like saying hey training camp's just around the corner and i'm like usually i'm a little hesitant to say i want it to be here right now but with everything going on all these burning questions that need to be answered i'm ready for training camp i know a lot of people that listen in you know daily to this podcast are as well so let's get right on to it and you know just get get the spare season going because i'm almost tired of all the speculation and everything else that's not going on without the actual football so I'm ready for training camp, man. You're, you're ready to jump into the slog that is covering the Bears for an entire season? You ready? I think I think so, because I think this is going to be an exciting season. Well, last year was even exciting, exciting with three wins. Like this one, who knows what's in store? Even with four plus wins yes. coming our way. I'm excited for this season. I think people can feel that uh, with my voice. Something about hitting July, getting through that first week of July makes you really just know like, Football's right here. It's right around the corner. I'm itching for it. I'm jonesing for it. I am ready to rock and roll. So, Nick, you kind of alluded to today's episode. We talked about it over the last couple of days about, hey, what questions do you have entering training camp that you're hoping that the Bears can find answers for uh, throughout the month of you know August at camp before the Bears do kick off this season come September? So in today's episode, Nick and I are going to give you our top five burning bears questions heading into training camp anything you want to preface this show with before we kind of go in and get started you know even before we get into these these top five questions that we have uh scheduled for you guys just looking at the 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 picture that that was put on here with justin fields and the fire mm-hmm. burning like that deserves a like in itself lawrence our awesome producer i mean that graphic is fire let's so go automatically yes automatically let's give it a like to start this episode off right and then we'll kind of get into the top five questions that we have presented here. It is literally fire. Let's freaking go. <laughs> and real quick, before we jump into this list, I see a super chat from good old Mason West. Mason, Ooh, Mason. love seeing your face popping up here, man. We need to get you on one of these Friday shows here ASAP. Mason, super chat is burning questions. Nick, did you get your UNC Jordan drop? And then well, from, let's go with you first, then we'll finish the, the second part. Yeah, it was funny because actually on yesterday's show, that – the UNC, she was just dropping at the end of the show. I could not find the correct link on, on the sneakers app, so I completely missed out. Our guy, Cody Del Mendo, also missed out on the UNC drop, but I, I guess they're dropping on the 22nd, so we all have another opportunity to hopefully get that fire shoe as well. <laughs> that is a very dope shoe, so good luck to you, Nick. And then uh, for me, Mace want to know my thoughts on DJ Moore leading the league in percent of share of team air yards at 48.73%. See, even just saying that and how jumbly it felt, he knows me so well. He knows exactly mm-hmm. what uh, gets me. And honestly, you know how Justin loves to push the football through the air and attack those defenses deep. I mean, yards per attempt are up. So for DJ Moore to you know lead that category, like I, I think it's going to be great for Justin Fields in this offense. And it's a 
testament of how well these two should work well together. Maybe we'll talk about that throughout this episode. We shall see. So, you know, we have five burning questions. I technically had a six because a lot of people were talking about training camp battles and which battles that you're paying attention to the most. And Nick, I just wanted your thoughts on the battle that I'm going to be paying attention to. And that is Nicholas Moriano versus the sun, because that is a ever long, every single year, an annual camp battle that I can't wait to hear those updates about. Well, well, I actually almost bought some long sleeve, like dry fit shirts because I'm already, I'm already thinking about that sun. And I know that every single time there's a bears practice, the sun just beats a little bit harder, a little longer in that specific area, wherever the bears are practicing. But uh, I don't know if I'm ready for it. This is now what year. I don't even know what year this is. I always end up losing this battle, but I'm going to try to come prepared. You know, I still have that umbrella hat that we got. Uh, mm -hmm. Was it 2018 that goes around your head? Maybe I bring that out this year. I don't know, but I need to find some different tactics to try to win one of these matchups against the Sun. Yeah, we're getting to the point where Facebook's going to start throwing all these memories my way of just you sweating us, taking selfies as fans waiting in line. It's it's a great time. But regardless of, let's get into the real burning questions. And we all know the Sun's going to win that battle, by the way. It does, without a question. And bring your sunscreen and Yeah, maybe long sleeve dry fit would be good for you. All right, so... Burning question number five. We're going to go five through one today. So it's kind of like a countdown uh, on top of these five. So our number five burning question for the Bears heading into training camp is who earns that final wide receiver spot? And obviously the Bears wide receiver room compared to this time last year, I would call it stacked. Uh, I don't know another word that would make a better definition right now when you compare last year to this year. Uh, but there's a lot of players here that are kind of vying and trumping at the bit to earn that final wide receiver spot. Nick, are you assuming they keep six? Is that how you're kind of approaching this right now? So the last time we did a 53-man prediction, I did have seven. So I went a little bit more than what you typically see on there. But, you know, I think the, the number that will end up being is six. So that leaves out, you know, one of the guys that – you know, obviously I had a my initial 53, but you're looking at guys like Valus Jones Jr. You're looking at Dante Pettis. And let's let's throw Equinemius St. Brown in there because I think early on I'm like, okay, he's he's gonna make the roster. But you also got to consider this last wide receiver spot, Will. They need to have special teams value, you would think, right? Like it's not just okay, you're only gonna go out there and be the sixth wide receiver. Usually that guy has some kind of special teams value. When you look at Equinemius St. Brown, yes great blocker but the special team's value is not as high as maybe a Valus Jones Jr. or Dante Pettis so yeah I think the number will end up being six and those three guys I think are in that discussion for being the the, the last option there for the Bears right now and it's interesting I really have a hard time thinking that Valus doesn't make this roster he was a third round pick last year started to come into his own towards the end of the season and you know, for him to figure that out and get his head on straight in which he had a very just dark period of that middle of the season, you know, the, the, like the Giants game with the fumble. And since then, it took him a while to kind of rebuild that confidence. It, it wouldn't make a lot of sense, I think, for the Bears to give up so soon. Obviously, he needs to perform in camp, needs to prove he belongs on this team and he will have every opportunity to do so. And when you look at the other guys like EQ still is very just, meh, you know, for me and they re-signed him to that deal real quickly after the season ended last year, right? Mm -hmm. They brought him back. So that instills confidence right away. Like, oh, they must like him, believe in him. But that was before DJ Moore. That was before he drafted Tyler Scott. So it does get a little bit more crowded. And when I look at Dante Pettis, I may be a little bit biased, but I like Dante. I feel like he and Justin do have some legitimate chemistry that we saw a little bit of that last year. It was a few weeks ago, and you're telling me about minicamp and how Dante was able to make some plays on those broken plays, and we saw a little bit of that in a regular mm -hmm. season too last year. So that is an element that I would be surprised the Bears will let go of unless someone else does supplant like a Dante. But if I was choosing, you know, just looking at the players and what I can expect out of them this year between EQ and Dante Pettis, I think I would lean Dante Pettis, but of course, this is what training camp's all about, Nick, the battle and people performing and, and having to step up here. Yeah, and you know what might might be even like a disadvantage too, Well, as I'm kind of thinking about like what we want to see through training camp that will hopefully validate some of these questions that we have here. Like obviously the Bears are not going to be in pads and there is going to be the element where you're going to see more of obviously contact. 
but still the wide receivers are going to block, but yes, you have to finish plays, but you're almost not, it's not full contact, right? You're not almost, mm-hmm. you're not bringing guys to the ground. So a guy like Equinemius St. Brown, who has an edge over, you know, Valus and also Dante Pettis right now is the blocking aspect. And you can still show those elements on the practice field, but I feel like that part of his game is almost shown better when you're actually in games where you're seeing the block executed all the way through the end of the play. So, and you can still show some good things, being in the right position, having your hands in the right place, all those kind of things. But like, for me, what's going to show up is like, who's actually producing, you know, in terms of making catches, winning your one-on-ones and, you know, just being open and making plays for Justin Fields or adjusting like Dante Pettis was showing in minicamp on the broken plays, because that's going to be a part of this bears offense because you have Justin Fields. So Maybe EQ's even at a disadvantage in just the training camp aspect, but in games he might be able to show why he's more more valuable than than what you you would typically see. But yeah, it's a fascinating thing for the Bears to figure out and for just to see what works best for this offense. Because you look at EQ, he's a way different wide receiver than Dante Pettis in terms of body, the the way they're able to move on the field, what they can actually provide for an offense. So. For the Bears, that's going to be a great thing to just see play out throughout training camp. And also the joint practices, too. I think they're going to be very mm-hmm. valuable when they go face the Colts where you're seeing which one of these guys are standing out against you know, other competition. So it's 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 a fascinating conversation, and I think it's also just a nice it's, – it's just new. And and I think a much-needed one for the Bears to actually be here. Like, who are they going to keep for the wide receiver? It's not like, okay, you're automatically all making the roster because the Bears – just need bodies out there for, for Justin Fields to throw to. When I just, again, it's reacting to this and just kind of going off of like pure impression of last year, like EQ just, like I said, very blah, like didn't really do anything spectacular last year where there were times where I think Pettis made something out of nothing. And, and I, th- and when I think of EQ, unfortunately the one memory I get is that big drop that he had. And I, I kind of chuckled when you were talking about the blocking, like you can get your hands in the right place. And I thought for EQ, you know, he can probably get his hands in the right place too when it comes to receiving these, you know, throws from Justin Fields. So yeah, it's going to be a really interesting battle. You mentioned special teams and punt returner is going to be a key part of this too because Dante Pettis has that ability. Bayless Jones Jr., the Bears really, really wanted him to take over that role last season. Obviously that didn't work out exactly as they envisioned, but there's still a chance that Bayless Jones can figure that out a bit because, you know, a couple muffs doesn't mean it's all said and done. He has a whole off season to work on it, rebuild that confidence. And if he is confident, like he is electric with the football in his hands, he gets a full head of steam. He is hard to bring down. So there's a lot here to it, but I mean, we're not here to determine who's going to make it. We're just here to preface training camp, get people, you know, a clear understanding of once camp opens here in a couple of weeks, what should you be paying attention to? What questions are in our mind? So when we get our coverage, you know what we're watching here too. And obviously the top end of this roster, everyone's going to have full eyes out about this rebuild offense uh, around DJ Moore, Justin Fields, but some of these lower battles are going to be equally as intriguing like this wide receiver one. No doubt about it. Well, and since we're kind of talking about the wide receivers, I just want to bring up real quickly, Chase Claypool, Shout out to Claypool. It's actually his birthday today. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, go do what you whatever you want to do and celebrate. But <laughs> for for Chase, like, are you expecting like a big training camp? Like, are you like when after a day's over, you know, tweets come out, articles come out? Like, are you envisioning a, a scenario where you're seeing Chase Claypool just quote unquote pop off? Where he, this guy's having a great camp if he's healthy, you know, going into a camp like he's actually going to be producing. Is that has that crossed your mind? Because for me personally, Will, I'm sure there'll be days where you see like a great catch from Trace Claypool. And and you know what? I don't know why I'm putting like this doubt on him already, but I just, I feel like DJ Moore is going to be, you know, the overwhelming like guy that consistently pops off is able to win his one-on-ones when Darnell Mooney's out on the football field, you know, hopefully, you know, still able to go with that foot. Like I see him making some big plays. Chase Claypool, I'm just putting it out there right now. I don't, I don't know if I see that quite being as consistent as maybe those other two guys, obviously the one and two as I'm kind of looking at it right now. Yeah. It's again, I don't expect him to be like the winner of training camp, but Mm -hmm. if he wants to be the player and if the bears, you know, get the player that they're hoping out of him, he needs to be the guy that more days than not, we're coming out with positive reports on. And, And right now, just with what we saw last season, 
it's just hard to say like, yes, definitively is going to happen. Uh, he didn't get, you know, full activity and participation throughout OTA. So it's just so much mystery and clouds around it, which is why I, I think you're hearing a lot of the doubts creeping in when you're looking around like the national narrative of Chase Claypool. And, you know, a lot of people are talking about him with the Bears right now. I'm just hopeful that he can kind of figure it out and, you know, have like a mini pop off camp here. Again, not dominating completely, but with DJ Moore here, he should have better, you know, matchups. He wasn't even here at camp last year, so it's mm-hmm. what well, was he? Yeah, no, it was no, later no, yeah. on, right? Yeah, it's so many things go through my head right now when it comes to Quaypool. But so like he's had time to get acclimated. I don't think there are going to be excuses for him at all, no. and that's why I think the pressure is on. I know there's a lot of fans that are getting soured out. There's a portion of the fan base that is being patient with it, and I think patience is the appropriate approach here. I'm not like I said. I'm not expecting you know on God he practices from this guy, but I'm also hoping and praying that like he is someone that can really prove like okay we we have something here. And if that does end up being the case, like this offense has the chance to be very dangerous this season. If he can be the Claypool that you saw in Pittsburgh a couple of seasons ago, like he has it, he has the potential. He just has to you know have the desire to be great, the desire to be a part of this team, and I really hope he does. Yeah, and I really hope that, you know, one of these I've just tweeted Chase Claypool with a tremendous catch along the sideline over XY, you know, defensive back. And, you know, that's that's what I, you know, hope we we do end up seeing because he he does stand out amongst that wide receiver room in terms of his physical presence, but it would be really I just refreshing and a good start for Chase Claypool to have some positive plays in training camp and then hopefully build that momentum, that trust with Justin into the regular season week one against green Bay. But I I really do hope we get that type of coverage that those types of plays from chase Claypool, because Mm -hmm. just right now, it's just not, not the greatest place to be in when, when talk, when you bring up chase Claypool, but you know, training camp's a great start to kind of change that narrative and put it in a positive direction. Yeah. And kill Harry. That's who I was thinking of. Like, who's that big guy at camp? That was like, I know there's someone there and that makes sense. But no, I think in many ways, like Chase Claypool in general is like, he's like the secret ingredient slash weapon. And I'm trying to, I don't even know that's the right way to say it, but how I would explain it is like, if he plays up to his potential, this entire offense gets legitimately so much better. And the whole wide receiver room, like the pressure is off and the options are endless for Justin. But if he struggles and everyone else has to pick up that slack, I feel like it will, you know, you're really going to limit the overall potential of this offense, even though I know it's going to be better than last year. Like if Chase Claypool clicks, like, holy crap, watch out the NFL. You have Darnell Mooney, a clicking Chase Claypool, DJ Moore, and some speedsters and Vela Schoen Jr. And Scott, like it's, there's so much going. I, I get excited. Like, as you can tell, started rambling right away. So missing ingredient, secret ingredient. None of those make sense for what I was trying to explain, but I think you get it. No, I get it. Well, I mean, look, it just creates another option that defense have to worry about. If Chase Claypool is a legitimate threat out there where, hey, you need to you need to slide your coverage over to Darnell Mooney in the speed. Uh, now you're going to single up DJ Moore and Chase Claypool's also on the field. It, it creates a lot of problems for a defense if those three guys are legitimate threats on the football field. So, hey, if he hopefully that's that's the case because that makes this thing this offense a lot more dangerous and just makes justin field's job a lot easier mm-hmm. it, it really really does all right that's burning question number five let's jump down to burning question number four sticking with the offense here which makes a lot of sense but what running back will separate himself in training camp david montgomery he's now a lion Khalil herbert we've seen him here limited role but he's always teams to make the most of those opportunities and touches the Bears brought on, you know, Deontay Foreman. They drafted Roshan Johnson. They also have Homer on the team. Tristan Ebner, someone that people got excited about heading into camp. Didn't really pop off, but again, he was a mid-round rookie. Like, it, there were reasons to not have such great expectations for the kid. Uh, but yeah, there's just a very crowded room, tons of talent. And we've talked about throughout this offseason, Nick, on our Friday shows about most likely a running back by committee approach. But ideally... You want to see one of these guys separate himself as the guy, because if that happens, because I believe in the talent here. So if someone is separating themselves, I I think it's just going to make this room stronger. So you have your number one guy to lean on, but then you have all these supplemental pieces with very much more, more than adequate talent uh, to make up for it and to be out there on the field 
uh, as well. And like, like I said, it's going to be a fun battle to see and to see just how the Bears are utilizing all these different skill sets that they have in the backfield. Yeah, that's going to be interesting to watch, Will, as you're going to go into training camp. Okay, which one are running back this time is getting the first team reps, right? Or just seeing who's kind of going out there and maybe obvious passing situations. So those things are going to be interesting to watch. But I think the big question that all those running backs that you just mentioned need to have answered, and now that they have pads, they can show a little bit more of, of how you can answer that question, is in terms of pass protect- protection. And mm-hmm. we didn't get a chance to see any of that at all in OTAs, minicamp. You're kind of going through the motions. You're in position to make a block, but there's no contact. So now this is going to be a great opportunity for all of these guys to show that they can, one, hold up in pass protection and earn the trust from running backs coach David Walker, Luke Getze in the offense, and just Justin Fields himself it, with all those guys back there. So this is going to be a great opportunity to learn that. And I think that's how that's one way one of these guys can easily separate themselves from the group because I think when you look at running between the tackles and you know identifying their their blocks and making the right reads I think a lot of the guys that you all mentioned are capable of doing that still need to see more from Tristan Abner not gonna lie there are some runs even sure. his limited opportunities you're like uh-oh you know we know you right. can do it you just got to do it out there in game days but I think collectively they they're all good at that now I think that's the other element that needs to be answered and training camp's a perfect opportunity to see those one-on-ones well I know you know, I'm really looking forward to see which is going to who's going to be the first running back to stop Tremaine Edmonds. That guy, you get the star, <laughs> you get the award, and you're going to be the guy that's going to be the pass protector. Because if you can do that, you are you're you're in a good position to be in good faith with the coaching staff and Justin Fields. If you can stop a man and with the size that he has like that. Right, exactly. And it, protection for Justin Fields will be paramount this year and having people in the backfield you can trust to help and chip and maybe even leak out like and be a viable threat as a receiver are all going to be very important and like you said they're all in many ways like proven commodities in terms of like productive rushers in the NFL uh, I mentioned some of these stats about a month ago but just a quick rehash you know Foreman tied for eighth among running backs with 20 plus carries last year like again boom 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 big play over here I mean Khalil Herbert we've seen them over and over again to 11th in the NFL with five yards of carry last season uh, and then Roshan Johnson like in in college he had a missed uh, forced missed tackle rate of 45 percent like all of these guys and I know Roshan needs to prove it in this you know in the NFL but just how he conducts himself, carries himself. He was behind, uh, you know, a generational talent over there and, you know, B. John Robinson at Texas. So, like, of course you're going to kind of take a secondary seat, but he did it gracefully. Like, I just I, – I believe in this room, and I'm just excited to see who wants to stand out. And I think for – Khalil Herbert, who's been here the longest, right? In Chicago, like he's always been second fiddle to David Montgomery. And then they brought in some other backs. And I know he's a team player and he he can handle that. But for me, like this is year three for Herbert. It would be awesome to see him want to just take charge and be like, no, I can be the guy, guys. Like you've seen me out there. I, I can do that. Give me more of those opportunities, please, because he's t- tends to be like that home run hitter for this Bears team, runs of 20 plus, 40 plus. And again, if even if he does take that secondary seat yet again this season for the Bears, I, they'll be fine for it. But I want to see a hungry Khalil Herbert, one that's out there really making the most of these opportunities, be like, I can be that guy for you. And he has that chance this year. He definitely does. And another thing that I want to see in terms of uh, for these running backs. I was talking about pass protection, but well, do you remember the one play that David Montgomery made last season? It was against the Atlanta Falcons where I think it's just a, a wheel route down the right sideline mm-hmm. and Justin Fields leaking out. And it's, it's a deep throw. It's a beautiful throw by Justin Fields, but out of the running backs that the bears currently have, who's most likely to make that play when you mm. like, that's a, that's like a receipt. That's a, that's a good play by, by David Montgomery, like a receiver like type of play. Is that, is that that's, a, Herbert? that's is supposed that to be Sean? Abner. Yeah. That's supposed to yeah. be Abner. Like when he got drafted and coming out of college, like he was looked at as like the best receiving back of the draft class, which has its fair share of value. And as a, probably a big reason why the bears decided to draft Ebner, but I just don't know, like, with how the room's shaped up, like, will he get those opportunities? And, of course, when he's out there, you can't say, like, oh, yeah, I mean, you can't make it so predictable, too. So it's going to be some challenges. I know Roshan Johnson can be a receiver out of the backfield, mm-hmm. and I know Foreman can be, too. And so there are guys here, but if you're talking, talking about who, like, who's – 
supposed to be that guy like whose skill set is that supposed to like sound like it's ebner i just don't know if it's gonna come to fruition for him this season just with the other dynamics which is this very crowded running backs room for sure will so that i mean that's gonna be another thing just the receiving threat that these guys can also you know produce as well as being runners like who who kind of shows up in training camp for having those soft hands running nice precise routes within within the offense that'll be something that i you know i'm just paying attention to as these players are kind of playing out in training camp i see you know travis homer being you know that's another guy that that does provide like a receiving threat as well Mm -hmm. so just watching to see how these guys move out in space when they're not the runners but actually running routes any way you could set we we talked about this who's going to separate themselves yep yes you do it as a runner but can you show it in pass protection as a route runner and then obviously what you can do between the tackles like that's going to be how you earn David Walker's trust, Justin Fields' trust, and like I said earlier, Luke Getzey's trust to maybe get a more of a share of the, the running back snaps. But all things to keep in mind as you're, we're watching all these plays happen throughout training camp. And then I see this good comment here from Doug about Homer being a more natural special teams fit than trusted Ebner, and that would give him an edge. And totally agreed. And again, I don't know if Ebner would make this team, but the question was who's that receiving kind of back and i still think ebner's specialty is that i just don't know if it's enough to make this team as you guys mentioned in the chat so i appreciate that anything else about this running backs group i think we did a pretty good job of explaining why that's a damn burning question right now yeah no um we we spent uh look we already spent the first like 25 ish minutes on the top two or the five and four burning questions so i think we're good to, to continue this conversation well and get to the the remaining three Sounds good. Uh, before we get to those top three burning questions heading into the Bears camp, we need to share a couple of messages over to you. And I'm going to begin with Sunnyside is your home for judgment-free cannabis shopping, a place where all kinds of visitors are welcome to explore, discover, and purchase a wide array of high-quality products. Sunnyside has everything you need to elevate your summer. Illinois' favorite dispensary from the city to the suburbs, Wrigleyville to River North, Champaign to South. Uh, See, this is why I'm an Indiana guy. I can't even pronounce that suburb, and I know this one, Lawrence, is going to pop in and read me a new one, probably. Right? South Beloit. 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 And you didn't read me, so I appreciate your kindness uh, here throughout this It's a sunny side summer Friday, man. I'm chill. Good vibes, right? Good vibes. We're nice and chill over here. So just in terms of like, you know, what made me feel good in Chicago sports this week because it is a sunny side summer Friday, I'm going to be biased. I'm just going to look internally here at CHGO. Like, we're doing this golf event coming up, and we're announcing it over the last couple of weeks, and I'm excited about that event. Uh, Definitely check it out. I know we'll have some more CTAs over to it. I think it's in August, but. Still, that gets me really excited, and uh, that's probably like the happiest I felt uh, throughout this week in Chicago sports. And there's just so many brands that they have to choose from at Sunnyside. You got Cresco, which is reliably excellent cannabis, consistent quality experience, and availability of flower, vapes, concentrates, and pre-rolls. And, of course, they also have Remedy, which is the wellness-minded cannabis delivered in easy forms and precise doses. You can find Remedy tinctures, capsules, and RSO available in relief and rest benefits at a dispensary near you. So now through August, head to sunnyside.shop. Use our code CHGO25 at checkout for 25% off your total order. One use per customer, not stackable with any other promotions. And that's not only for new customers. Anyone can use our code. Pick up everything you need to elevate your summer. You must be 21 or older or an Illinois medical card holder. All right, we'll go. Uh, Someone uh, asked if we get free samples. Free samples here, Will. Um, uh, not yet, but <laughs> hey, if we're willing to do free samples, I'm, I'm more than down. Look at you go. You're you're really growing up here. And over over the years, we've had uh, our fair share of times uh, with uh, with the cannabis in Illinois. Uh, really good stuff there. But let's move over uh, from cannabis to ComEd. And ComEd, the ComEd Energy Efficiency Program is committed to helping families and businesses in the communities they serve, helping manage energy usage and lower energy bills now and into the future. That's exactly right, Will, and ComEd offers a wide variety of incentives on lighting and other efficiency upgrades to commercial, industrial, and public sector customers of all sizes across the territory. ComEd also offers free facility assessments that can help you find energy-saving opportunities like for HVAC systems, commercial kitchen equipment, uh, and or industrial processes there, Will. You know, we've been talking about this for a while now, but I still am always curious. I need to refreshers. How does this work? Yeah, no, exactly. So an authorized engineer will work with you to develop a detailed assessment plan specific to your goals and needs. These can be done in person or virtually and last approximately two hours. 
Within three to four weeks, customers will receive a report detailing energy efficiency projects that can start working on immediately. Each recommendation will include energy savings, cost savings, project costs, potential incentives, and simple payback. And if you own a business, don't wait. Get started saving money and energy today for energy saving tips, lighting incentives, or to schedule your free facility assessment. All you have to do is go to comed.com slash poweringbiz. Nick, did you say comed.com slash poweringbiz? You know I did, Will, and you have to go schedule yours today. And, of course, we're talking about the Bears offseason, and just we were just talking about ComEd. So, and just let you know, CHO Bears offseason coverage is brought to you by the ComEd Energy Efficiency Program. You can learn more at comed.com slash poweringbiz. All right, let's get into these top three birding Bears questions. Will DeWitt, Nicholas Moriano here, CHO Bears podcast. It's time to dive into the top three. Excited about this one. So this one's number three on the overall list. I think there's an argument that it could be a little bit higher, but it's not one of those like voting and ranking shows, so we don't Mm -hmm. have to get too butthurt about it, or at least I guess I don't have to be. So let's uh, just get to it. Question three. Does Justin Fields look like a third-year quarterback who is comfortable running and commanding this offense? Obviously, being a third-year quarterback in the league in a second year in the same system, like ideally, when we get to camp, Nick, we're going to see a Justin Fields that is fluent in Getsy's scheme, making the right pre-snap reads, getting the ball out on time, taking care of the football. And when I was reflecting on last training camp heading into this episode, I remembered a lot of just inconsistency. A lot of days that, you know, it wasn't exactly where we wanted it. Not like pure doubts, but like you're just like wondering, like, is he grasping this offense? Is he able to make this leap? And then there were days where he kind of shut you up and took command. And and that's what we see out of Justin Fields. But now in year three, I think the big thing and the question in my mind is, will we see a more consistent Justin Fields this training camp? That's the big question, Will. And I think go back to, you know, that first season with Luke Etsy, this new offense, you got to also factor in you're switching up the footwork. So that's mm-hmm. all new for Justin Fields. The, the wide receivers that he's working with and just, just a lot of newness. Well, there's a lot of the same in, in this, this second year with Luke Getze and this, this offense. And you add in a, a guy like DJ Moore, even though he's new, he helps out Justin Fields so much, but like though there were days like you mentioned in training camp last year where you did find those inconsistencies, but then I remember the joint practices with the Dolphins, and there was one practice where it was no doubt Justin Fields was the best player on the football mm. field, and I remember that practice and like wow that's okay this is this is a guy going to year two even though he's in a new offense look at the command that he has, but we didn't get that as consistent as of course I would have liked to see or bears fans would have liked to see. So now going into this offseason, this training camp with these weapons and the familiarity within the offense, I would just like to see more of those days where you come away from the practice, like feeling good that Justin Fields is taking that next step. The passes, not even like the types of pass, just like the ball coming out quicker Mm -hmm. and being accurate because he knows where to go with it. Like, we're seeing that. That's going to be huge, Will. And even if the ball falls maybe even incomplete, it's like he got to the right progression. He put it where it needed to be. Maybe DB makes a play or, you know, the ball is dropped, whatever it may be. But the decision was there. And that's the biggest thing for Justin Fields. If he can get the timing and the decision-making up to par with being in year three of the league, well, now, we, now, we're, now we're cooking. Now we're burning here and, <laughs> and going in the right direction for what we expect to be hopefully a big season for Justin Fields. And it's not just quarterback, like really in the NFL, no matter which position you play, the expectation is you're going to see the biggest jump between years two and three. Like that is just the consensus around the league and typically what you will see. And that's why I think there's going to be pressure in this training camp for Justin Fields to show out and prove that he is making that year three jump uh, that the bears need to see out of him. Because I mean, Nick, they traded that first overall pick. Like they could have had their share fair of picks of quarterback this year, but they believe in Justin. They proved it by trading down with Carolina, bringing in DJ Moore, And now it's time for Justin to return the favor and show them why they made the right decision by believing in him and building this offense around him. And when I go back to my notes from last training camp and 
I'm sure yours are similar, but the one knack of what is holding onto the ball so long. And it was just so consistently mm-hmm. like, oh, he held onto it there. He missed the open guy and that first regression on this side of the field. Really what have you. And I think you hit it spot on where we just want to see the ball come out quicker. And I think if you do see that, good things will happen. And that's what I get excited about. But yeah, like if Justin does not look like a third year quarterback, Nick, that raises some serious questions. It does. And, you know, obviously with with this being training camp, like if, the, if it's not looking as crisp or just fluid as you want it to look, obviously it's not the end of the world, but you do want to see that. You really do. And especially in those joint practices, I'm, I'm going to have high expectations for what I, I want to see from the Bears against that defense over there in Indianapolis. Like, mm-hmm. I think that's a great opportunity for the Bears to really showcase. Look at this, is what we're working on with our with our weapons in this offense where we're in sync right now, and it's only training camp. So when the season starts, like I know I've said before in this podcast, like I do expect some some hiccups early on, but if you can just show some some I guess confidence in what you're doing now, maybe you can be on a faster track of getting a good start offensively earlier on in the season. And I'll come back to what's actually on this little right here, Will. <laughs> just gotta gotta believe. Oh, there goes a the little CHO guy there. But uh, believe here. For I, I see Matt nagging the chat, throwing a. He's not believing. Actually, that's what he's not doing. So, just drink out of this mug here, Matt nagging the chat, and then you'll feel good about Justin Fields going into your three. Tapping the mug here virtually through the screen, but yeah, I'm right there with you. And what's going to be interesting is the blend of this, everything that's new for him, right? So he has a new offensive line. Uh, he's going to have new weapons to throw to. And this defense is way better than it was, at least in terms of coverage, than it was a year ago, especially like the linebacker. So the middle of the field should not be as open as we saw sometimes in camp. And Justin did struggle against what obviously was a very bad defense. Like we saw what that defense did throughout the regular season. It was not great. Now, of course, Roquan Smith went away after training camp. So did Robert Quinn. So like, I know there were some changes and that led to the Bears defense being worse than probably they would have been if those two guys stayed. But that's the point is, it's still going to be, I think, a tougher unit for him to go up against. So if he is succeeding, I think that needs to be taken into account. Like, yes, it's DJ Moore. Yes, it's that year three jump. But he's doing it against a an improved defense every single day in practice. And that's going to hold a lot of weight for me if I see that. Yeah, and the thing is, too, like there are going to be days where the defense wins. Let's 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 put that out there right now. So we're not even making excuses for Justin Fields. Like there are good playmakers <laughs> on this uh on this now bears defense. And when you can't technically get to the quarterback, like that, that should be in favor of Justin Fields, but you have some linebackers in the middle of the field can, that can cover ground. We talked about this secondary, how we think it's going to take another step here with, mm-hmm. with the guys that they have. So it's not going to be easy for Justin Fields. No doubt about that. So there are definitely going to be days where we come away from our training camp notes, defense wins a day, and that's going to get a lot of hate from bears fans, but that's going to be the truth. Because now there are some playmakers, like you just mentioned, Will, that can do some good things on this football field, and they need to. For this team to be the best version of itself, the defense needs to also step up. It just can't be Justin Fields carrying everybody on his back like he did for a month, and the Bears didn't win any games except for the (laughs) the game against New England. So it needs to be complementary football, and I think there are just going to be days where hopefully you get a a little bit of a – not even a back and forth. Hopefully you see Justin Fields doing his thing consistently, but defense is going to make plays too. And in in, in addition to this question, I have like a secondary burning question, and it's just specifically the Justin Fields-DJ Moore connection, and can that develop into a special slash elite dynamic duo here in in this league, right? Like over the years, you've had Rodgers and Adams, you've had, you know, Brady and Gronk, you've had all these other just, you know, tandems and duos whether it be Mahomes and Kelsey Mahomes with Tyreek Hill of course they have the loaded offense going on over there but still like everyone has like that best friend like those top quarterbacks have that number one guy and it makes them very dangerous Cooper Cup over there in LA with whoever's playing quarterback like it doesn't matter to Cooper Cup like that, that makes them so much better so can this Justin Fields DJ Moore relationship partnership be like one of those. And if they are, that's when things I I think get really dangerous really quickly for opposing defenses this season. And training camp is the perfect time to establish that and to prove like, Hey, watch out come September, we're coming for you. And that's like, we talked about Chase Claypool and those positive reports. Like, what do we expect? 
I expect this from DJ Moore and Justin Fields. I expect to come out and do these podcasts with you guys and be like, what a freaking day from Justin Fields and DJ Moore. They were just unstoppable. I expect to have a few of those days. I, I do too, Will. And I think the big thing that I want to see come out of this camp is not just like, obviously they're going to have their connections. It's the type of connections they're having. Oh, Justin Fields hit DJ Moore in a deep ball here in the beginning of practice. In the middle of practice, it was a touch ball in the middle of the field on a, on a post route. The next time it's, it's a it's sidearm thrower, just kind of different types of throws for different types of routes for DJ Moore. Cause he can mm-hmm. obviously run the entire route tree. That's going to show, I think the, the chemistry really working itself out between those two, like, doesn't matter the type of route, type of play call, where DJ Moore is in the 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 actual play. If he's on the right, the slot, outside. But if you're doing, if you're able to connect with him regardless of where he's at, that's how you know that connection. And it's already showed well. OTA's mm-hmm. minicamp, they're in a good track record right now. So in come training camp, I expect to see more of it. All right. Let's move on to burning question number two. And then we'll take a break and then we'll just discuss burning question number one. So the second biggest burning question on our list right now, heading into bears camp. Wow. We actually have a defensive topic. Do the bears have enough pass rush? And as it stands right now, ah, man, I, I think it's going to be a very difficult question to answer. I know camp is a difficult one mm-hmm. to find this answer, but the bears need to figure it out in camp because, uh, you know, unless they bring in someone before camp, that's always an option that will be on the table. But this is, you know, the bears had 21 sacks last year. I believe that was the seventh fewest of any defense since 2015 and the fewest of any team in the league last season. They need to have a resurgence and pass rush and I think training camp is the most opportune time to figure out if you have it or if you don't. Yeah, and it's it's actually so training camp too, like you said, it's a little difficult to even gauge that too, because yes, you can win your one-on-one matchup, but you know, still the play's still gonna go on because you're not gonna hit the quarterback. But you wanna see initially, are these defensive linemen capable? of winning those one-on-one matchups. And, you know, you can look at that as a positive and a negative. Oh, there goes Darnell Wright getting beat by, you know, Demarcus Walker again, whatever it may be. But, like, that's going to be an interesting question to find out. And we're going to see a bunch of different guys rotating in this defensive line throughout training camp practices and sessions um, and to see which which guy is maybe just more consistent with how they get their pass rush and how they – uh, what what moves are they utilizing to win their matchups? But it's going to be a, a fascinating question because, like you will, I I do expect somebody else to be added to this room at some point to see if they can you know help. And even if they do, like does that even answer our question? Do they have enough? Right. I, you know, I don't know yet. Um, and it's going to be interesting to see, like during training camp battles, like Braxton Jones in year two. I remember early on in training camps when Robert Quinn was still here. Like there were some plays where Robert Quinn made Braxton Jones look like a fifth round draft pick. That's like, that's right. Uh oh, is that a problem for Braxton Jones or is that you know it's Robert Quinn? It's a guy that's been in the league forever. He won against a fifth round draft pick. But I remember those days, and obviously you know Robert Quinn got traded away, and he wasn't you know the pass rusher that he was a year prior, where he's setting you know franchise sack records. But like there, it's going to be interesting how regardless of the outcomes on you know, individual plays, the one-on-ones or the team sessions, how people view this, how people view the outcome of a play if so-and-so wins their matchup. It's going to be fascinating. Well, Robert Quinn, we all knew he wasn't going to have a great season. Robert Quinn, up and down, up and down. It was a down year. It was always True. every other year. He he likes odd numbers, and that's when he tends to ball out. 21. So we need like, to bring back, we need to bring him back. Is, right. That's exactly it. That's the Robert Quinn reunion. No, I don't even want to say it. All right. Um, but no, like it's going to be interesting and it's going to be on the coaches to figure this out because like you said, like you're going to have to like rewatch that film and figure out who won those matchups. And in the game would that have constituted as a sack or even not even more important, but equally as important, like a hurry, a pressure because mm-hmm. last year the bears coverage was, you know, it wasn't, terrible but it wasn't helped out by the fact there was no pressure on quarterbacks linebackers struggled because of this same thing with the secondary and everyone agrees that the bears linebacking unit is so drastically improved and coverage being like the number one area of improvement and if the bears don't have enough pass rush i think that's going to get squandered and that would be such a damn shame to get squandered because they're really good edwards and Edmonds are really good coverage backers so you need to do your best to set them up 
for success, and that's going to be the pass rush. And when you just look at like the guys, right? Like Dustin Jones, he had uh, three sacks last year, which tied a career high. Like how much more can he really tap into? Like, was is that it? Is there more there? I don't know. And Dom Rob, he had a, what, one and a half sacks in game one and two QB hits and then had nothing for the rest of the season. He didn't even touch a quarterback for the remaining games despite playing 550 snaps last season. Like, you got to figure that one out. I know he's a work in progress. That was a big thing coming out that he was raw, but this is now year two. We need to see a jump. And obviously Travis Gibson had the letdown year. Can he come back and be that seven sack guy? Demarcus Walker had seven sacks last year, this breakout season in Tennessee and, you know, Javon Dexter, what can he provide with a pass rush coming out as a rookie too? Zach Pickens, like there are guys here, but every single one of them after the name, Nick, question mark, question mark, Mm -hmm. question mark. And that's the concern. That is a concern. And, you know, hopefully we get some more validation in training camp for some of those, you know, the questions that we have there. I'm really curious to watch the interior of this offensive line go against a defensive, the the interior of this defensive line. Like, I think that can definitely help out the edge rushers. I see Doug's comment here about like the Eberflus Williams, the, the scheme that they have here, but I'll say this, uh, Eberflus Williams, Travis Smith, the defensive line coach, they still want to see some type of pressure from the edge guys. It's not like, oh, because the scheme dictates like the, the interior needs to, you know, help out the edges. Like they still need to win their matchups. They, we just didn't see that consistently enough at all last season. But I'm really looking forward to seeing guys like Zach Pickens and Javon Dexter, Andrew Billings, Justin Jones, mm-hmm. like how they go against this interior offensive line if they're denting the pocket. That's what Iberflus was talking about. If you can right. dent the pocket and how Justin Fields, you know, you know, we'll take that. Okay. The pocket's collapsing on the interior. Is he going to guy that bails out or is he going to stay in there and then make the throw? So it's, it's a, I think it can be a win win situation. You know, if the defense is doing that and fields is staying in the pocket, still delivering a throw. If uh, you know, that can play out throughout training camp, we get to see what Nate Davis is like in, in pads. We haven't mm-hmm. seen that yet in the bears uniform. So a lot of positives can happen here. If we just see it uh, from this defensive line. And it's, that's why I love training camp because it's literally a season of paradoxes. So when you're covering a football team, because we're talking about like, do the bears have enough pass rush? We don't know, but if they come out there and they're destroying this offensive line that got rebuilt, is it because they have a good pass rush or is it because like the actual offensive line is, is, is ass and like, we'll have to figure <laughs> that out. And so it, again, it, you have to trust the coaches to know, the why behind it. I, I hate to say that, but, but, and it's probably because I see that, you know, Mr. Coach mm-hmm. popping up off and on in the chat, but you will have to determine like the cause of it. And hopefully it's positive, but at the same time, like it may not be. And yeah, it, it's just going to be, I think, interesting to see if they have enough pass rush because I don't think it's there now, but they could surprise us. Uh, and I'm not mm-hmm. going to say it's out of the realm of possibility, but I would say it's, highly unlikely that as of right now how this unit is built that they have enough <laughs> damn it matt <laughs> i know I, I, was, I was kind of chuckling when i saw it but uh matt Nagy's a consistent uh in our in our chat here we i don't know how the chat if, do they welcome Matt Nagy? i don't know but appreciate you for being here on this uh friday and and listens talk about uh your former chicago bears matt Nagy. but i have to tell everybody now about lewis university uh guys many of the students that go to lewis university are adults just like you many have full-time jobs and or families all of them chose lewis's supportive educational community to help make this transition back to school as easy as possible and to hope you know earn a respected degree that's all the, the goal in mind here Here's some things. 35 miles southwest of Chicago, Romeoville, ranked as one of U.S. News and World Report's top-tier colleges. Lewis partners with numerous employers for tuition discounts and offers evening, online, and blended formats to help you balance work, family, and education. Uh, faculty bring real-world experience and instruction to the classroom, which immediately, which is immediately relevant to your career. I can't tell you how helpful that is to have you know, faculty that brings that that type of perspective in. It really does help. And they also offer career support and academic resources for adult students. Whether you're looking to complete your bachelor's or master's degree or enroll in a professional certificate program, Lewis has the right program for you. And Lewis offers several career-focused programs that'll set you up for success. We're just going to highlight one here. Just looking at some of the grad programs, you guys. Uh, Computer science, eight-week sessions can be completed in one year. 
uh, concentration software engineering, artificial intelligence, cybersecurity, digital digital forensics, uh, enterprise, and cloud computing. Don't know exactly what all that entails, but if you go to Lewis University, you're going to learn all about it and become a lot smarter of an individual. And here is the most important part. You can discover how a degree from Lewis can help you build a better world. Learn more at lewisu.edu forward slash you can do this. One more time, that's lewisu.edu forward slash you can do this. Awesome stuff. I'm going to let you know about FOCO. You've heard about them on our show quite a lot over the last what year plus love foco they've been with us for quite a while and they just have the best sports gear around no questions asked i mean they literally have anything that you can envision when it comes to sports memorabilia and and merchandise they have hoodies shoes signs bobbleheads literally everything in between and right now it's hot it's summer and you can go out there and celebrate in style with some aloha shirts straw hats polos bags any everything that you need to go out to watch a baseball game right now would be perfect for you and uh, obviously this is a remote show here today but when you see us on set uh, you can see all the awesome pieces they have donated for our set so definitely go show them some love go to check out foco.com or go ahead and click the link in the description below the description both on youtube and your podcast player of choice for all non-presale items use our promo code chgo and that will unlock you 10 percent off again that is foco.com code chgo and that is 10 percent off anything that is non-presale items all right we'll do it nicholas moriano chgo bears podcast we've given you four burning bears questions and we just have one more question that is nick i don't know i think this one is red hot now uh, when you look at like questions for this bears team this season this training camp and I'll, I'll just say it burning question number one for the bears how is the new and improved offensive line working is it truly upgraded big question it is a huge question will and there's there's a lot of newness on this offensive line i think upgrades but guys that are you know you have braxton jones is like the staple <laughs> playing he's the only one playing his position that he did last season at left tackle and he's going into his second year in the nfl everything else is new for this bears offensive line you draft darnell right number 10 overall you go and sign nate davis you move tevin jenkins to left guard and now you also move cody whitehair to your center position so a lot of, and, you know, with those moves being made, I think they're definitely upgrades from what you were putting out there last season for Justin Fields. But we got to see it all play out well, just because obviously players are in different positions and you add more talent. We got to see how these five indiv individuals can play as one cohesive unit. That's the whole thing with offensive line play. So, and I think they have a great guy that can help them get to that point in Chris Morgan, the offensive line coach. But we just need to see it. And, you know, there are going to be those days, and hopefully there actually are those days where the defensive line is whooping this Bears offensive line ass. You just don't want to see it very consistently because then those questions get brought up like we were just talking about. Like, are, are is this unit meshing? Are they playing as one? And I think they'll, they'll get there because there is improved talent. That's always going to help you as an offensive line. But we need to see it. We need to see it happen. But like I said, going back to it, there's more talent. And that mm -hmm. should help Justin Fields stay upright longer, help them execute their plays when they're making the tag at the, the whatever linebacker they're tagging for a pin and pull concept. They know where they're going. So a bunch of stuff needs to go into this offensive line playing to the level that I think they're capable of playing. But we're going to see it all come in training camp. And that's where it's all going to really start. On paper, it's looking better. Um, but as I like to say, it's one thing to see it on paper, and it's another thing to see it on the field. And even though you have more talent, if the guys aren't working well together, there's going to be problems here. I mean, you can talk about the bear, right? I finished that. So we can talk about the bear. Yes. Like, like you can, I know, right? Thank God. Uh, the baby's been allowing us uh, time in the evenings to binge again, which is uh, it feels so good to actually binge TV shows. Uh, but anyway, uh, like if you don't have the talent and the communication and, and like, like the skills, like it doesn't matter how much skills you have. You have to be a cohesive unit. You have to be a team. And this is year two for Ryan Poles, former offensive lineman, building this unit, changing it around a lot this offseason, knowing that the most important piece of the franchise is right behind him. Number one, right there. And you have to do 
your job to make sure, A, you're protecting him and keeping him safe, and two, allowing him to cook, allowing him to bring the flames that you see here on the screen over to the football field on, on Sundays. They need to allow him to play this year and not have to run around rabid like we saw the past couple of seasons. He needs to have trust that if he sets back, he can you know, hit the back of his drop. If he has to have a hitch or two, awesome. He has time to do it and let, you know, let it rip. And that's what we didn't get to see last year. It's hard to evaluate Justin without it, but he still proved plenty enough to be the guy and why the Bears still have him here and why they're building this offense way they have. But if it's, we just have to make sure this offensive line is truly working. And I just want to see this unit, Nick, this offseason. So you, this training camp, you mentioned like there's going to be days in which they lose. And that's fair. It's going to happen. But I want to see them not just take it. Like I want to see them, you know, like understand it, get pissed off about it, take some accountability and then turn that thing around and make sure the next time they're out there, that is better. And it doesn't happen again. It's never going to be perfect, but it can always be better. And that's when I want to see how this unit is just consistent growth. I don't expect it to be fully polished by the time that we start training camp here in a couple of weeks, but by golly, by the end of it, I want to feel confident at least in the starting five, the depth is very suspect and they can, we can have a whole plethora of other burning questions about the depth of the offensive line, whether it be the swing tackle, any other backup position. But right now, specifically for this question, I'm looking at the starting five and I want to end training camp knowing that we have five guys and it's a complete unit and they're going to be better than the one that we saw the last couple of seasons. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, I really like that you brought up the bear and like the communication aspect of it, but when you have guys uh, for the players playing new positions, communication can be huge for, and it starts with Cody white here. So I do like that. He is the centerpiece of this line to kind of put people in the right spot to make the mic call and kind of relay that out to the other guys, but that's going to be huge. And in training camp, I'm sure you're going to see some of those lanes open up where, someone's maybe not going the right way or they pick up something wrong, but this is going to be an opportunity where I don't want to see the same mistake happen the first week of training camp in the second week. Like you're kind of seeing less and less of those maybe issues, those inconsistencies happen, but that's one thing. Another thing looking at maybe individuals. Now we talked about Braxton Jones and a big thing that he wanted to work on. He's been on the CHO bears podcast before. It's just the overall strength of his play, right? In those one-on-one matchups where it's just you and the other guy, like, how is he able to uh, absorb a pass rush and keep his balance while also being in a good position to make the block? Like you want to see those things come to fruition when Braxton Jones is out there on an Island one-on-one trying to make a block on whatever given defensive lineman's out there. So there's some things individually that you definitely want to see out of some of these guys, but I think it's going to be, like I said earlier, like fascinating how it all plays out with each individual and how ultimately it comes out as a unit because this this offensive line it plays well like this offense we we talked you know about the wide receivers at the top of the show their jobs they can actually do their jobs if the offensive line can hold up Justin Fields can go to those wide receivers and make stay in, maybe stay in the pocket a little bit longer if he trusts the five guys in front of him so big year for the O line for Chris Morgan this unit to show that they have obviously become a better unit because of talent but that it really does come out on the football games that we see on Sundays. Nick, if this offensive line plays well, uh, I don't know how else to quantify well, just take well as a good, like not the best unit in the league, but top 12, top 10. But the talent at quarterback, running back, wide receiver, tight end, there is no excuse for this offense not to be dangerous. Like absolutely mm-hmm. zero excuse. I'm looking at Cole Komet, DJ Moore, Darnell Mooney, all the running backs, like, and Justin Fields taking that year three leap. Like I can't find an excuse for this team not to succeed on offense. If the offensive line can hold up and do their part. That's perfectly, perfectly said. Well, because if that happens, there literally is no excuse. You have the town out there. You can execute. If you want to bring Luke Getze into this, I guess you can, but mm-hmm. no, you're perfectly right. If the offensive line plays good, plays like a top 15 unit or even as 15 will like Mm -hmm. you should still be able to see the talent play out and the offense do what we think it could do being in year two with Getsy and year three with fields perfectly well said will and you know i'm just going to shut up before i butcher it but i I believe that that can happen that's all i'm gonna love it 
All right. I, I don't think there's anything else to be said. I mean, actually, there's plenty more that could be said, but just looking at the time of the episode, the fact that we're literally burning here on the set, according to Greg Braggs, I think it's about time to wrap up. Before we do, though, Nick, I know there's one final message that you have to share for us this week, and then we will sign off. Yeah, and I actually had that pulled up. There you go. We have Goose Island. Look, we're going into the weekend, you guys. Like, It's a perfect time to check out all of Goose's amazing products. And as you know, CHGO is supported by Goose Island Beer Company, uh, Chicago's beer since 1988. One of the ones uh, that I recently was... yeah, recently uh, having uh, was the Goose IPA, the six-time medal winner at Green American Beer Fest, but also the Tropical Beer Hug, dangerous but delicious. Uh, it's a dry-hopped Imperial IPA, 9.9% alcohol. That's dangerously easy to drink. So I was having a bunch of that uh, 4th of July weekend. But you can grab an ultra-fresh brewery-exclusive beers at Goose Island's original brew house on Clybourne Avenue in Lincoln Park uh, or from their tap room on Folden Street in Westtown, Goose Island Beer Company. As you know, Chicago's beer. Love it. I just want to thank everyone in the chat uh, for being as awesome as you always are here on this Friday. Uh, I know it's a weird week with the holiday being in the middle of it, but I just want to just share my appreciation for you joining us for this. If you haven't yet, definitely give this video a like before you leave. Uh, I know Nick and I would both really appreciate it. It just helps us out a ton here at CHGO. I mean, Peanut... I mean, you just don't, you know, you can't go against Charles down there. Just give us a thumbs up. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, Peanut's a great guy. You're all awesome, too. Just thumbs up will do a lot for us as we're exiting this show. And if you haven't yet, definitely become a diehard. Just go to allcfshow.com slash diehard. Tons of great benefits, 20% off all of our merch, all of the time. Like when we ran that Father's Day deal, you better believe our diehards got 20% off on top of that deal because we want to make sure we're taking care of you. And I mentioned that golf outing that's coming up here on in August, the CHGO kickoff classic. It's on the 25th of August. Definitely go check it out. It's going to be a great event. And if you're a diehard, of course, you get 20% off that event too. It's a, another amazing reason to become a diehard. And did I mention you get a free shirt as soon as you sign up? Amazing. Love it. Definitely sign up to be a diehard. Definitely give us a thumbs up and definitely have a great weekend. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks for tuning in for this CHGO Bears, CHGO Audible show. But until next time, bear down, Chicago.